Those are the good soakers, boy. Good old days, boy. You Mm -hmm. are through to another episode of Girls from Foreign. I am Miss Casey. And I am Cairo. Honestly, right? Those are those feel-good songs where, like, even (gasps) though they're quote unquote old tunes, when them songs come on, you still have to move. You still have to sing along. Move the left to the left, to the right, swing your hips. Yes, come true. Those are big people songs, man. Big people songs. But for today's episode, we want to try to do something a little different. And mm-hmm. we want to now start to give content with more meaning. Of course, mm-hmm. we're still going to have a great time, but we definitely want to use this platform to bring forward, you know, stories that are important to us and stories that are important to the culture and that falls in with our aims of bridging the gap. So we have a great. new segment. See, do you want to let them know what the segment is? So the segment's called duh, 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 the journey segment. And the purpose of this segment is to bridge the gap between back home and those in the forum. Um, like most of us, we know bits and pieces about certain islands, but this segment is to give us more of an opportunity to get educated from those who have lived it firsthand and hear their stories and get them to explain to us what it's like. And also for us to remove the stigmas that we might have about that certain island as well. And say not everything we hear is exactly the truth about that island i know one of the things for me personally that i was extra excited about with this segment is to Mm -hmm. actually be able to bring forward the stories of the people who have moved abroad and come over here what it was like for them because i know there's this misconception sometimes that when you live in the west indies and you go and live in a foreign country all of a sudden your lifestyle gets amazingly better so I think it's very important for us to actually highlight these stories, get a conversation going, get people involved, and then we all can hear that we have more in common than differences. So get yourselves comfortable, get into a nice space, and our first journey is going to start straight after this. This land was a paradise, lush green hills and clear skies, not because we covered with ash, we care, we So our first guest for this journey segment that we've been so excited about is Miss Heavenly Crystal, Miss Crystal Diamond, the one and only. First of all, hello, good evening. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast. It was a, it's a great pleasure to be on here this evening and it should be a great podcast. Well, you know, we don't have much rules here, so be as much fashion as you like. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That part of me, that has to come up when I'm kind of on a vex side or something. I mean, oh, I've got a few brandies in my system, you know? <laughs> oh, no, no. Okay. I know for next time. So one of the first things we definitely want to do, because I know a bit about your story, but I thought it would be so amazing for everyone to just hear more about you and your journey. So I'm just going to start it off with, you know, just let the people know what was it like growing up in Montserrat? Okay, so coming from a, like growing up in the Caribbean, especially Montserrat, as a lot of people, Caribbean people call it small island, it was a great experience to be honest with you. It's like you had no care in the world. It was 
to me it's like you could leave your house open and nobody would come into your house everybody looked everyone raised everyone every children was raised by everyone in the community kind of thing so you as a child had to be so careful of what you did in the community because you know if your mom and dad hear about it and it's not a good thing that you've done you're gonna get a beating so you're kind of scared of beatings back in the days when we were growing up so you're trying to be good and be polite to every person remember to say good morning and good afternoon and good evening to everybody you pass because you don't know who's going to run back and tell your mommy and daddy say listen your child passed me and don't tell me good morning you know you need to put you need to put her in place so, so would you still say you implement that now living in the uk i do because when i to be honest when i first came to the uk i honestly thought uk people were weird I actually was going around saying, good morning, sir, good afternoon, ma'am, good evening, and nobody was responding to me. And I got frustrated. So one evening I went home and I said to my auntie, why are the people so rude? She's like, what do you mean? Because I've been saying good morning and good evening to everybody, and it's like nobody now responds to rudeness. That If I was to walk down the street in Manchester, I didn't say good evening, I would get a beating for that. She goes, don't study them, they don't have no manners. It's me, okay. I just found they were rude because I, I think there's a, there's a common courtesy for you to like someone say good morning to you, you respond back as that's how, I, that's how I grew up and I expected it in this country, but that it wasn't so, boy. I just, Did that you originally want to come here? Pardon? Did you originally want to come here? No, I hated coming. I did not want to come in the first place. I didn't even, first of all, my dad didn't even tell me I was coming. He told everybody else. But I was the last one to know. I mm. knew we were coming to England on the day we were leaving Montserrat. That's how bad it was. Wow. No. So what day did you leave? If you remember what day and year did you leave Montserrat to come to the UK? So basically, we came on the 4th of October 1998. And before that, we had no school because the schools were used as shelters for those people who lost their homes due to the the big explosion the big volcanic explosion so basically during the summertime we had no we had no school due to the main reason that our schools secondary schools primary schools were used for shelters for those residents that lost their homes in the south southern part and the eastern part of the country and so they were deciding they were still the government was still deciding when school was going to recommence and stuff like that and in the meantime, I was working part-time with my godfather, who's a big contractor um, in the country. And um, I, I remembered it clearly. And he, on Friday, because we normally get paid on a Friday. And I remember, going, I remember going into the office and getting my paycheck. And my godfather said to me, this will be your last paycheck. And I turned on him, I said to him, but school not start yet. So what I mean by this is my last paycheck. He thought I knew I was coming to England. He goes, but don't you know you're going to England? I said, which part? I goes, what are you talking about? I said to him, I don't know nothing. He goes, well, you're going to England, my love. This is me. I first me here about this one. I never wanted to come. It's like, I, when I confronted my dad about it, my dad goes, oh, I didn't want to tell you because I knew what your reaction was going to be like. You're going to, you're going to kick up a stinking fuss about it and you're going to want to dig your heels in and say you want to stay. I go, yeah, but I want to stay. Can't I just stay with my godparents? They're a respectable family in the, in the community. Can't I just stay with them and finish school? He goes, no, wherever I go, you must come. I was, I cried. I literally cried. I cried. And for when I came to England, my, my family up here thought I was dumb because I didn't speak to nobody for three months. 
What? I mean, well, well, what we need to speak. Before you even get into that, Crystal, before you even get into that, let me just walk the people through your journey real quick because I, I want people to hear the story of where you tried to go when you found out that you had to come. <laughs> so, so, yeah. basically, so, basically, when we actually packed up our little belongings, whatever. Oh, no, 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 don't give out the gems yet. Don't give out the gems yet. Before we get there, it is important that we also let the people know that on the 18th of July in 1995, there was a volcanic eruption in Montserrat. Mm -hmm. And because of this eruption, a lot of people lost their lives, a lot of people lost their home. And between the years of 1995 and 2000, two-thirds of the island's population was forced to leave the island due to this eruption, leaving less than 1,200 people on the island by 1997. Wow. So people need to just take in that for a moment so as much as we're laughing the reason why she had to leave was because of this event so can you just take us through that particular day if you remember it oh i remember that i remember that day till i die trust me and that it's it's stamped on it's stamped in my on my body on my heart because i remember that day till i die on that day the 25th of july 1997 we were at school practicing for graduation and um i was in glee i was in the choir at our school choir so we were practicing for the our songs for graduation day and our teacher i remembered her mrs jewel may her soul rest in peace um she gave us a break and said to us go have a break rest your vocals and come back in 20 minutes so me and my friends were out chilling in the schoolyard and next minute my friend said to me oh my god look at my shirt now there was in my our school we wear a white shirt and a um burgundy skirt and um the, she said to me go look at my shirt i'm like what she goes and i see it black this is me shut up you're lying man sure when i looked at her shirt eventually looked at her shirt her shirt was just literally black I'm like, what the heck's wrong with your shirt? Your shirt was just white just a minute ago. Some just said to me, look up. When I looked up in the sky, the sky was pitch black. When I say, you couldn't see nothing. It was just pitch black. All I heard was thunder, this big, heavy thunder. And I'm thinking, Lord Jesus, the, the whole roof is going to cave in. I looked to my right, and all I could see, all the teachers jumping in the car and disappearing. No care for the children, you know. They all jumped in the car. This, they like literally ran out of the schoolyard. And I'm there fretting now thinking, my, my, I'm there fretting thinking, how the heck am I getting on? But then in panic, I just realized I live around the corner so I can walk home. But my god brother, luckily my god brother was coming across because he's part of the disaster committee. So he came across and saw me and he said to me, what's wrong with you? Why are you still doing here? So I mean, the teacher's them going, what do you want me to do? I don't know where to turn. He goes, come, 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 let's go, let's go. So he took me with him. He actually, when he reached to his destination, he phoned home and told my mom that he's got me, so I'm safe. And um, when we got back to home, when we got home, it was like, my mom was panicking. She goes, have you seen your dad? Have you seen your dad? My dad was, all the time my dad was missing. I said to my mom, I don't know where my dad is. I haven't seen him. I goes, where did he say he was going this morning? Because he was going in unsafe zone. So now we started panicking, thinking my dad died. But half an hour later, he turned up, so, which was fine. We stopped panicking. But trust me, on that day, 19 people lost their lives. When I say I was, it was 
it was like doomsday on that day. It was just madness. The, it's like Bellum, where we were, where I lived in, in Salem, we never thought that the pyroclastic flow would reach our river in Salem. It actually eventually reached Bellum River and blocked off the whole, the whole, literally took up the whole river down there. You couldn't get through. Although you can, if you go down there now, you can you still can see all the big rocks still there in the river in the um in the gully. It was just scary, man. It was literally utterly scary. It was scary that day, to be honest with you. I couldn't. I don't want to. That's one day I don't want to really live in my life again, to be honest with you. I've been through hurricanes and other things, but being through a volcano is the worst thing you can ever go through, to be honest. Because it's just you don't know when it's gonna blow. You don't know. You just, it's just unpredictable. It's very, very unpredictable. You just have to be on your, be on your guard all the time with it. So is that it's volcano? Just, just a scary day. So is that volcano still active now? It's not physically active. It's still there, but mm -hmm. now and again, it would actually throw out a bit of steam and a bit of ash, but nothing major as twenty odd years ago. Wow. And just to jump on what you said there, it is a scary thing just to think that the volcano was dormant and then from 1995 you started to get some activity and then you then get you know the big eruption that then forced people to leave the country would you say because of that fair factor in place and you know where we've getting a lot more irregular hurricanes coming in and all these different things would you say that Montserrat is better off not being an independent island Oh. I mm, that's a good question I honestly think Munshat would not survive as an independent country kill me dead but that's my opinion I think they would not they won't be able to survive without the help from England it's not it, it's to, it, they don't have the they don't have the resources first of all to survive on their own and we need without England they would be on their face right about now to be honest with you so I don't honestly think that they should go they there, oh, there was talks about it going independent. They're going independent, but I don't think that will ever happen. It will never happen because we can't survive on its own. And the reason why I say that as well is like they have, see, for instance, like Antigua Barbados, they have things in place to entice tourists to come to their country. Mm. We we have certain things, but it's not on the same level as Antigua, Barbados, St. Lucia, Jamaica. You know what I'm saying? It's not on that level. And they've unless the government do something about it, it would not... I don't think it was... It still attracts people during St. Patrick's, don't get me wrong. Um, Christmas times, we used to get a lot of people going, going home at Christmas, but it has died down over the years and a lot of people tend to go back in St. Patrick's. But you need people coming in, not only just St. Patrick's, you need people to visit the island through the year. So you, they need to actually have something in place to entice um, tourists from other countries to come there to build up the economy and stuff like that. And until they can do that, they can never go independent. So you just think they need to have like their unique day, like how the other islands have like their independence and all of that. You just think Montserrat just needs to have something that's really unique to them to make tourists, people from foreign want to come over and visit. I think they need something unique enough to entice mm -hmm. the foreigners to come in. That's what I think personally. Because to be honest with you, um, we, it's just, it's like, you know, 
when you go to Antigua, there's clubs, there's other stuff to, to like entice you to like to keep you going. There's other different things to do on a daily basis. We have our beaches, we have our um, wildlife and stuff like that, but that's all we've got. We need more. I was I would say we need more than that to keep to like entice tourist tourism. To be honest with you, I've got a question and for you. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously I'm learning a lot about your country now And obviously from my brief understanding um, Your country is like People take the hit world run jokes on it So how does it make you feel Living what you live through And seeing the volcano erupt When you hear people take the piss out of your country Like, Does it make you feel a type of way Do you get really defensive like, With all those running jokes That Monstrat has If that makes sense To be honest Manshat will always be Manshat. It's the it's it's a beautiful country. Yeah. I love my country for bits, and um, it kind of upsets me when people like to run their jokes about it. But it's a small island. It's a little yeah. dot on the map. You can't actually. You didn't know it was there. Some people say that you didn't even know it was there until the volcano exploded. X Y Z. I kind of take that to heart, to be honest with you, because mm-hmm. um, it's the most peaceful country. To be, it's the most peaceful Caribbean country you can go to. When I say the people are they're friendly they're nice it's like we all we all it's a nice community like everybody knows everybody and you feel like you feel they make you welcome they they welcome you and they make you feel like you're part of them you understand and for people to be like making jokes and running up their mouth about it i just don't understand why they're doing it until they go to our to mark to mantra and see, take it taking the scenery and taking the people and then see what mantra is really like for themselves, jokes. But until they can go there for themselves and see what it's like, then um, they're gonna. I think that that's not gonna change their perce- perception on on mantra really and truly. And just to add on to your point, Crystal, it's very important that we highlight is that there are over nineteen active volcanoes in the Caribbean. So when people are mentioning Montserrat, people need to understand that there is a lot of Caribbean islands with volcanoes on them they may be dormant but they are still volcanoes so the same thing that happened to Montserrat there's a lot of islands that are not exempt for the same thing happening obviously god forbid we don't want that but exactly any you you can't tell nature what to do so for example Martinique has a volcano Guadeloupe St Vincent St Kitts yeah yeah they do name a few I think Dominica have one as well. Dominica has, Grenada has, you know, there's so many other islands with volcanoes on them. So it's when you do see people saying things like, you know, what is Montserrat, a volcano? It's like people need to understand that as beautiful as they are, as rich as the culture is, as, you know, as extravagant and important they are to us. The reality is, at any point, something like this can happen to any one of these islands. And in terms of when we look at the money that's actually flowing back into the West Indies to help with these situations, even when you look at what happened with last year's hurricanes and how when these natural disasters happen, like that's when everyone should be coming together. Yeah, not ripping each other. That's when everyone should be coming together, especially when you're seeing beautiful islands like Dominica getting affected so bad by hurricanes and things like that this is the time where everybody should be forming as a unit so personally the the volcano jokes for Montserrat they're not funny because that same volcano 
thing can happen in all these other islands it certainly can it certainly can but the thing is it's like we we had like a we we had a they we had actually had a good backlash from Antigua regarding it as well and Antigua still treat us like we're a piece of dirt on their shoe we still have a fight when we come from Antigua just to get over to Mantra and I just don't understand why they treat us like that but it is what it is you know um until we can fully we still have we have a little airport we have our, our ferry that we get to go over there as well but I think until we can like i think they should need they need to build a bigger airport with a bit better runway so we can have a bigger bigger the bigger land in there and stuff like that until we sort that out we're gonna always have antigua treating us like they're better than us and whatever but mm. like i said it's it's we it's a little gem on the caribbean island it's a little gem and until you go there and see it for yourself it's a you won't you won't actually you won't actually appreciate how the beauty of it and the the beauty of it and the um how wonderful the people there are you understand we have like a mixture culture of mixture of culture there we have Haitians there we have Jamaicans there now we have Guyanese living Guyanese been living there before the volcano let's get it right Guyanese mm-hmm. have been yeah, Guyanese, we have been living on the island before the volcano has erupted. Recently, Jamaicans just started coming over there. Um, we have Haitians, Santa Domingans, we have Dominicans over there. We have a mixture. We now have people, we now have um, doctors from Ghana, Nigeria. We have a mixture of, of cultures there now. So everyone's gravitating to Montserrat. So if even Irish people are now settling there. They bought houses down there. People who fleed and decided they weren't coming back to Manchester sold their houses. A lot of English people, a lot of French people, a lot of Irish people are there now. So it's a mixture. It's a mixture of people on the country. We have the Indians there as well. They own most of the, the supermarkets on the country. So it's a beautiful island. So it's, you need to go over and have a. And would you discover? Would you go back home and live there? I would, but not at not at this. Not I will go back home when I retire. I, as a young person, I don't think I would actually be able to cope and live there. The reason why I say this is because um, I've been back home recently in 2018 um, for a couple of weeks, and um, and I've observed I, I observe a lot of things. And in the banks and all these public sector jobs, there there's a lot of elderly people still there. And then I just feel like they're not giving the young people the opportunity to like promote them to get promotion to go up to the higher levels in these companies. I think they're scared of the young people progressing. And for me, I don't, I think I just, for me, I, I think that these people should take a step back and give the young people a chance and they're not going to. I just don't see it happening right now. And for me, I would need to have a good, a good solid job there. And I can't, for the skill sets that I've got, which I've gained in this country, I don't think I can actually go home and use those skill sets in the public sector there. It would be, it would be too much of a, um, I would say I would take a fair pay cut to in order for me to go back home right now and work. It would not, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be beneficial for me at all. Plus, I need my malls. I need to know that I can just run down to the mall. And... 
you know it's all about my nails and my my hair is all right you know it's all about my nails i need to know i can go to the nail part par- nail parlor get my nails done run down to the shop and get a pair of jeans or something you know it's just it's it's a bit too slow for me i'm accustomed to the i'm now got accustomed to the fast pace of living and it's just a bit too slow for me <laughs> but that, but don't you know a lot of my friends have moved back and they they they're coping but it's just i don't know it's just not for me right now as you're accustomed to the fast pace of the brit life what's the best time to go to Montreal? as someone that's not from there when should i go over to see the idol st patrick's day why tell me about st patrick's day what's so special so basically it used to be christmas don't get me wrong it used to be christmas but then yeah. I realised that um, during because Christmas is our carnival time. Yeah? Oh, okay. And because um, we have it around the same time, around the same time as Saint Kitts and Nevis, Saint Kitts and Nevis. But I find that over the years since the volcano, the the culture has died. It's died out slowly because mm-hmm. we used to have the teenage pageants, we used to have the queen shows, we have Calypso shows, Soka Monarch, then we have Juve and stuff like that. But in terms of queen show, I'm gonna, the reason, in terms of queen show, queen show used to be the highlight of festival, because that's when everyone goes out to see the girls do their, like, their costumes, their performance and stuff like the evening wear, etc., talent or whatever. But it's been difficult to find women, like young women, to go in for Queen Show because half of them now are having kids and the criteria for, for you to, to actually enter the Queen Show is that like you must not have kids is one of them. You have to be a certain age. And a lot of these young ladies, they're not really interested in, in going in for Queen Show. So it's a struggle every year mm-hmm. to have a Queen Show. I think, I think um, one time it went about two or three years before they had a queen show to be honest are oh, you saying St. Patrick's Day is the so do you not get drunk is St. there like Patrick's a duvet what is it so basically with St. Patrick's Day yeah all the promoters they 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 go in hard when I say go in hard they go in hard in bringing in artists from Jamaica um I think the last the last this year with um I think this year but Covid happened mm-hmm. they were, I think um Covid I think um Jacure and all of them were supposed to perform for for this St. Patrick's, but all of that just got mm-hmm. like washed out because of COVID. But they have you have like cultural stuff. So on the St. Patrick's Day itself, you have a lot of people set up their stalls in the center of Salem. So mm-hmm. you have different cultural foods you can from back in the slavery days, you know. So you go, you get your food. Some people, what people do, they get they, they buy their food. They bring their containers, buy the food, take it home, and then they just come back and just fed till early hours of the morning. Yeah, it's it's quite fun. And you have juve, you have what? all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So it's you have St. Patrick's Day. Okay. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day is fun. It's like it's quite they put on a lot for St. Patrick's. So when I say you got pool parties, you've got everything going mm-hmm. on. You have white fed, you have the Listen. So would you say you have a big because St. Patrick's Day when I think of that, I think of Ireland. So would you say there's a lot of Irish who've kind of brought that culture over there and you lot just embraced it and just taken it to the next level? No, what it is basically, um, through the history of Mantra, we celebrate St. Patrick's Day due to basically 
the art the Irish was settled on it way back before I was born okay. and that's the I think that's when the slaves got I think on that day the slaves actually broke right they 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 were set free or they broke I think it's they were set free or something like that today I can't remember exactly what but since that day we celebrated the St Patrick's Day and it's been a big thing for mum as a little girl it was been a big big thing and um it was like it's like a we don't work on that day it's a it's a public holiday in our country oh, yeah. it's a public holiday so no one works on St Patrick's Day everywhere is shut and I'm telling you everywhere is shut so you better get your you, you got anything to get from the supermarkets try get that before St Patrick's Day because nowhere ain't opening well it's a big holiday and everyone takes pride in it you dress up we dress some of the people dress up in their um national color the national colors and stuff like that so it's green white orange green white and orange um they go all out when i say they go all out they go all out for st patrick's day it's it used to be christmas but now it's it's St. Pa- they're more promoting for st patrick's day i don't know why but it's a yes, big thing I was doing my fact checks because you know I like to learn. <laughs> and yeah, it says the Irish were some of Montserrat's earliest settlers. And on St. Patrick's Day in 1768, the African slaves on the island planned an uprising. Yeah, yeah, they did a plan an uprising on, yeah. And that's now become a 10-day festival to yep. honor the rebellion and celebrate the island's history. So, you know, if this is another example of how us as a people always find a way to put a positive out of a negative situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so St. Patrick's Day now when you see it everyone's having a great time everyone's like Crystal said at the pool parties and, and at, at the lines and, and all of these things and it isn't they're not just going outside to go outside it actually came from something worth celebrating that's true that is okay. true and it's like a two weeks it's like not even 10 days it's, you call it two weeks fat <laughs> look at this two, two weeks fat <laughs> so you know, that's the equivalent to like having an independence you know how some countries have their carnival yeah. and their independence because you don't really have an independence St. Patrick Day is your independence yeah. especially when it comes to slavery that's it yeah. that's it ten. but it's like it's the only Caribbean island that celebrates St. Patrick's Day ah only Caribbean island guys we learned something new today only Caribbean island that celebrates that celebrates St Patrick's Day. It's quite it's quite an interesting event, a festival. Um, it's like it's quite good because they all it's everybody comes down from America, Canada, um, America, England. They all come down. Those from Manchester that lives in diaspora, they all make it. They they all make the effort to go home for St Patrick's Day. So if you have a house down there and you not using it you make money because you just rent out your house and you, you make your money. So I've got one more question for you, Crystal, before we close up our segment. Uh-huh. How important is it, do you feel, for people who were born abroad of Montserratian descent to come back home and visit I, and learn the culture? How important do you feel like that is? I, I'm glad you asked that question. The thing is, for me, I it's something dear to my heart. I've got family members, friends, whatever. They have never been home to see where they come from. And it hurts me that they go to other Caribbean islands and neglect where their mother and father come from. It burns me to see they do that. 
I honestly think if, that you need to, need to, need to go and see exactly where your roots are from. So you can tell your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, say, yeah, um, I wasn't born there, but I've been home, I've been home, and I know exactly where my mom and dad came from. Ask some of them where their mom and dad, what, have they been home? No, they haven't. And they can't tell you nothing about their country because they're not interested. They're more interested in other Caribbean islands. For example, they're more interested in going to Jamaica, say Nusha, XYZ. But to go home to where their parents are from, if they're not interested in doing that, and I find that very heartbreaking. I find that very that very heartbreaking. And they should actually take more interest in where they where they come from and don't forget where they come from although they weren't born there, but they need to actually go back and see exactly where their parents grew up and and get a bit of their family history. Because I know for me personally, Monstrat was definitely, I was supposed to go for St. Patrick's Day coming up, but of course we got COVID. I know for me, Monstrat was one of the islands that I definitely wanted to go and, you know, actually be able to experience, you know, the island and my family and get to see, you know, where that side of my heritage started from and, all of that obviously because of certain circumstances I was waiting for you know different family members yeah yeah we're gonna go we're gonna go we never end up going but uh-huh. it, it's definitely on my list of places to see like I'm very connected with my Bayesian side of the family I'm always in Barbados so Montserrat's definitely on my list and for the people who are also listening who have family abroad and they've never gone to visit or anything like that get on that flight because the same way you can go online and see there's carnival in Trinidad and you get on the plane, get on the plane, go back home. Exactly. See your family, take in that whole journey. And actually, when I do go Montserrat, I definitely want to do a Girls from Foreign podcast episode out there and do my whole journey of meeting the family members that would have never met me, the ones that never came to the UK. So That's true. I, I, I just think that... Me, I don't, I don't get me wrong. Visit other islands, fair enough. But visit, go back where your roots have start. Go and see where your roots have started from. That's my main thing to people out there. If your mum and dad or parents are from Munsrap, Sankits and Nevis or whatever your parents are from, just go take a flight. It's an eight-hour flight. You can pay down every month on the flight. If you just don't want to, if you don't have the money to buy the ticket up front there and then, some travel agents allow you to pay down every month on your flight. Take the, take the, take the, pay the, get the flight, get on that plane and go and see exactly where you, your parents have come from. Taking the culture, experience it because you will regret it one day. Trust me. If you never, if you never been, trust me, you'll regret it. And I know I said the last question is my last, but I had one more. So with you saying that, how do you feel when you see those who weren't born in Montserrat, but of Montserratian descent, waving the flag, repping, and really being patriotic? How does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. But, but then I would actually say to them, uh, sometimes it makes me feel good that they, they're repping their country where they come. Don't get me wrong. But I just feel, in, in my heart, so far, so I just feel that you, if you haven't been you need to go and she so you can know why you're repping for your country you can know what you're repping what why you're raising that flag and flying that flag for your country you understand because it's all right you're repping your country on the streets in carnival and that and 
but then someone asks you oh what um certain things about the, your country and you can't answer it you're gonna look you, you're just gonna look like an idiot because you're just gonna like if you don't know you need to know some certain things about your culture as i speak if you don't know certain things about your culture then there's no point you repping your repping your country if you don't know where you come from that's just my point of view on it and i think that's the best way to end this segment it's nothing is wrong with celebrating your bloodline your heritage your culture nothing's wrong with celebrating it but you also got to make the conscious effort to be involved and not just take the best bits and the highlights so don't just pick up your flag because it's carnival pick up your flag because you understand what the flag represents you understand the journey of your people and you've reconnected yeah i agree with that i agree that 100 percent yeah until you get off the plane and step on your um home into your home country and feel that air you'll never understand what it is that like and it, it's like when you step off that plane and go to mantra and uh, there's museums there that will you can actually get a bit of the history and background of mantra do you know that we used to do lime cotton and stuff like that back home? A lot of people don't know that. We used to do a lot in the days, you know, a lot we used to do in the days. A lot of people need, didn't know that, but that was what we used to do. So there's, there's a lot you can learn about mantra. There's a lot of things that we used to do before the volcano. And if you don't get to know it, it shame on If you don't want to get to know it, that's shame on you. That's all I've got to say. But it's a beautiful gem to get to know, to be honest with you. It's one of the most peaceful countries you can go to and you can feel safe in no one's gonna harm you no one's gonna do nothing to you you just can feel safe and just re- you can just relax and and feel at home there that's just it's a beautiful job to me to be honest and i it will although i live here in the uk most will always be my home and you know what? that's quite nice to hear because sometimes i do hear some people not saying will we'll come to the uk or go to wherever there is and they forget their roots because they've been here from four five or six whatever it is but it's nice to hear someone that was born there bred there came here still appreciates the western life but no home will always be home i think that's really important for people to hear too it is important home will always be home although i'm here it it home i've got family still there my sister my older sister's still there and i'll try my best this is what i up 2008 was the last time i've been there and my aim is to go back if i can every year just to actually relax and chill out with my family there and spend time with them, not just talking to them over the phone. You know, I just want to chill, you know? I just want to go home, chill. You know, you want to chill a relaxful holiday? Go to Mantra. Trust me, you'll love it. And I think that's the perfect way to end the segment. But don't go nowhere yet, Crystal. Make sure you got your brandy. Make sure you're comfortable. So we're just going to have a little bit more fun with you before we let you go. So, Crystal, before you leave, give us one story growing up why you got beat as a child. <laughs> <laughs> you said one story that growing up when I got beat mm-hmm. as a child. Well, I remember this clearly. And I will never forget it because I can never forget my, forgive my sister for it. Mm-mm. It was election time in the country. And my dad was, um, at that time, John Osborne, 
my dad was repping hard for him and he had a few of his flyers and badges and xyz at home and whatever now at the time i was at secondary school so i don't come home for lunch i, I, I take my lunch with me and i eat lunch at school my little sister my younger sister jay she because the primary school is just down the road she comes home for lunch her and my other sister will come home for lunch so my mom had left i remembered it three dollars on the next to the phone in the living room understand to buy bread for my lunch the next day the half whoever she brought home for lunch with her took up the three dollars and disappeared with it so my mom looking high and low for this three dollars when i came home from school couldn't find the three dollars so my dad came home from work and my mom told her told him i need three asking for three dollars because i left three dollars this morning so where's the three dollars because well somebody took up the three dollars and she can't find it because I'm the oldest, I got a beating for it. Mm -mm. I got a rotted beating. And when my sister went to school the next day, she asked her friend, because she knew it wasn't me, but she couldn't say nothing because my dad was already beating me. So she went to school and said to my friend, listen, my sister got a rotted beating for you, you know. Did you take up my three dollars for thingy? My, my her friend goes, yeah, I did. I goes, well, you better come and apologize for my sister for my sister bust your face. <laughs> so she came home and the, she came home for lunch, and then my mom said to her, "List." She said to my mom, "Sorry, but I took the three dollars." My mom said, "Don't come back to my house again." But my dad come in. My dad had to apologize. My dad apologized. He apologized. He. My back all went. My back all literally cut up. When I say cut up, my back was cut up. Slavery beats that give you, boy. Jesus. My back was cut. When I say cut, I'm like, really, daddy? And he come and apologize. That's me, really? But I told you I didn't take the $3. He goes, but. I goes, no, but I was at school the time and the $3 went missing. I was at school. My school don't finish till 2.30 in the afternoon. And you're telling me it, I run out of school and come home and take out the $3 and go back to school? You must have mad. I was pissed that day. I went, but I was like, no, I'm not, not even sorry in the work I'm making make up for what he did because he never believed me and the fact that he didn't believe the fact that i didn't take the three dollars hurt me and i still i still remind him about it you know because remember the day the day you beat me for the three dollars so mm -hmm. every time in your house when someone says bread there's flashbacks there's flashbacks yes to that three dollars <laughs> <laughs> and i just remember I said to my dad like do you remember the day you beat me senselessly for the three dollars that went missing for the bread is that my you still remember that to me? Yes, because it hurt me. It hurt me that you didn't believe me. It hurt. <laughs> you beat me for something I did not do. Because I'm the oldest. You beat me because I'm because I was support. No, it doesn't work like that. Don't be the oldest child. You always try to be the last and the middle child because the oldest child always gets abused. Amen to that. Before we trigger Cairo about being the oldest, Amen. <laughs> I'm going to round off the episode there because I already know. <laughs> For the minute you said oldest, I already know what she's going to say. No, so the, oldest always, the oldest always get the blame for everything. The little ones, them always get away with it. But the oh, oldest always get the blame. Amen to that. So I'm going to say. Well, you know, as someone who is the youngest, I would like to say mm. thank you so much for coming on Girls <laughs> on Forum. <laughs> this is officially episode three. And this is a journey segment. So just like Crystal's story, we're going to be sharing so many other stories on so many different islands. And really, we just want to highlight that we are all one. And we are literally just the siblings, the cousins, 
and the children of the people of your family members that have moved abroad that's it make sure you get involved in the conversation we want to hear what you have to say if you've got a story you want to share as well reach out to us so remember we are on instagram at girls from foreign and we are on twitter at gff underscore pod that's gff underscore pod also make sure you use the hashtag girls from foreign hashtag journey segment and let's just keep the conversation going we look forward to hearing from you and if you want us to share your story but you're not confident enough or you don't really want your name attached to the story you can just send it to us through email girls from foreign at gmail.com let's go on one day at a time